0: Hey, what's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of Nation Podcast, where I cater to professional working men, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall in simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this beautiful blue planet. So today, we'll be talking about the grimiest things you definitely forget to clean in your bathroom. And then we'll move on to our second segment with how to use the eight dimensions of wellness to set up healthy boundaries. And before I get into that, if you'd like to continue the conversation, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders Community, where I share more entertaining, behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast. Dadsplanation.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast episode and leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review, and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out, and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now, let's move into our first segment, Healthy Conversations. So in this episode of uh, Healthy healthy Conversations, we're talking about um, the grimiest things you definitely forget to clean in your bathroom. So me and my wife, you know, we have this uh, kind of verbal understanding. She cooks, I clean, you know, that's basically it. So she shops for groceries, prepares and cooks, you know, all the meals. And then I clean up, basically. I'm the one usually running the vacuum cleaner across the house, throwing the laundry in the washer, loading the dishwasher, taking out the trash, sweeping, mopping, wiping down the counters and cleaning the bathrooms, basically. And I gotta say, Bathrooms are pretty dang gross, especially if you, especially if you got uh, you know young boys uh, like we do over here. A lot goes on in there, uh, to be honest. With you know, giving giving the shower, the toilet, a, you know, and the sink a good uh, scrub a dub dub every now and then can really make you feel like a new person, in my opinion. And whether you're someone who keeps you know the bathroom spotless at all times or someone who waits until the ring around the tub is begging you to be cleaned (laughs) you're probably still missing the dirtiest places in your bathroom and now don't don't get me don't get all paranoid just yet you know none of these spots are areas that your body actually touches as you know as frequently as your toilet um, but even though they don't, you know, they, they can still harbor dirt and grime for sure, you know? So, so let's talk about four of the dirtiest places you hardly clean in your bathroom. The first one that I came up with are the drains. <laughs> Since you don't ever see the inside of your drains, you don't give them much thought until there's an issue, you know? And the reality is that even though you don't have a problem with clogged drains, Soap scum and bacteria can easily build up and release mold spores or attract pests that breed in still water. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wondered where those fruit flies are coming from? Even though you haven't been eating fruit in your bathroom? (laughs) Something to think about. You should really clean out your drains every 30 to 60 days as a you know preventive me- measure. And even more often, um, you know, more often than that, if your drains tend to clog more regularly than not. Now, to properly clean your drain, it's recommended to remove the stopper and clean off any debris and buildup from the stopper and around the drain opening using like you know, a toothbrush or a detailing brush, um, something like that. And, uh, you know, a bathroom specific cleaner, like a tub and tile cleaning solution of some sort. Then pour a drain cleaner into the drains and follow the manufacturer's instructions. Actually, I shared a little DIY drain cleaner with my VIP community last week. It's actually super, super simple to put together. And, you know, most all of us have these um, ingredients in the kitchen, you know. So, first you pour um, a half cup of baking soda down the open drain, followed, uh, you know, follow that up with a half cup of white vinegar. Then you cover the drain and wait for the magic to happen. After 15 to 20 minutes or so, you know, pour some boiling hot water down uh, down the drain to clear out the the that homemade mix, and you know, you and, and you'll have a cleaner drain. It, it's really that simple. This works actually well, assuming there's no serious clogging issue going on there. You know, so it, it, if there's no major issue uh, with clogging, then this works really well to keep it clear. But it's a must. You know, this is one of those th- one of those places. In the bathroom where you don't really think of cleaning but it's one of those places that you know you really have to clean out uh, more often than you think so anyway the second thing that I have is um the the second spot is behind the toilet like this is another spot we often forget to clean that can really easily be uh, teeming with germs you know and depending on how far away from the wall your toilet is there's typically about um, an inch or two at least of tile or whatever material you know your floors made of and that's the place that's you know easily missed dust can definitely collect in that little nook behind the toilet but you know not only that but because of the toilet being there you know the toilet itself this means that moisture from the action of of flushing and just just daily use it's more prone to build up moisture back there obviously you know it's that's that's a given there might even be some backsplash from the toilet you know when it when it flushes nasty things to think about but i mean you have to think about them nonetheless you know what i mean and it could really be a place where germs start hanging out so the next time you clean your floor be sure to hit that dirty spot behind the toilet and if the if the space is super narrow and you can't get down there with a mop use whatever floor cleaner you use on a you know on a microfiber cloth grab that baby put on some uh floor cleaner and uh you know reach back there and give it a good wiping it's a really easy place to forget to clean and um you know it's one of those places that you really should clean because there's a lot of nastiness down there so i've even forgotten that spot myself and then i you know I, i i catch myself and i go back and uh you know go back behind there with my rag and when I pull up my, you know, when I pull the cleaning cloth back, I'll notice that it's a lot dirtier there than than on the rest of the floor. Like just that one spot, you know, it's crazy how dirty it gets back there. Um, but but that's that's the whole point, you know. We we need to remember that and uh, you know get back there and make sure it's clean, you know, because uh, there's there's no sense in taking care of yourself health wise and then you're living in a, you know. For lack of better term a shithole <laughs> you know where everything is dirty and nasty you know i'm the type that likes to have everything clean and, and neat and orderly and um that, although you wouldn't you wouldn't notice like you wouldn't think that if you were to see my um my living area right now you know there, there's always there's always like movement going on you know like i always have stuff you know books are moving papers are shuffling oh my my, my laptops are always going from one place to another but but everything is always clean you know what i mean anyway um so 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 let's move on the the third thing is um you know the walls and the ceilings now i'm not sure if you realize this but but the walls and ceilings in your bathroom are or <laughs> moist environments too you know in general yeah. So that can help grow mold as well. And sometimes the mold can be invisible, you know, especially if you flush with the seat up, you know. So every time you flush and don't put the seat down before you flush, you'll have plumes of airborne particles and moisture from everything in your toilet that goes everywhere. You know, that being said, obviously, you know, you should seriously consider cleaning your walls and ceiling every other week or whenever you clean your bathroom. At least, you know, at a minimum, um, whenever you clean your bathroom, clean your ceiling and and the walls. And if you live in a humid climate area, like you know, Florida <laughs> comes to mind right now, you know, or, or, or any other part of the world, you know, or, or or if you have a bathroom that traps a lot of moisture in it, you might need to clean your walls and ceiling more often than you know than that. You know, just an FYI. That's really not that hard, actually. So to clean the walls, just use a bathroom-specific cleaner because they normally have ingredients, you know, to help with mold and bacteria. Spray or pour that bad boy on a microfiber cloth and, uh, you know, to pick up dust, hair, and other fine particles that collect on your damp walls. And uh, you might be surprised at how much you clean up off the walls alone. And you might also pay close attention to any fans that might be installed in the ceiling and make sure to wipe them up, you know, wipe them down too wipe down vents to remove dust buildup and if you're cleaning for the first time or what i like to call you know quote unquote a uh deep cleaning you know like if you're if you haven't cleaned in in quite some time and you're gonna go in there and give it a nice you know scrubbing then you might want to consider wearing a mask to prevent any lung or sinus irritation from mold spores because you know they actually they do breed And, and like i said a lot of times they're not that regular black color as your used to seeing you know they're they're kind of invisible but they're there you know and while you're at it some cleaning you know some cleaning gloves some rubber gloves will definitely help prevent the mold from irritating your skin and causing a you know a nice little nasty skin reaction so yeah you know get that get that done so anyway let's uh, again let's move on so the, the fourth thing i have here is um you know your shower curtain now, I don't know about you, but I do my best to avoid touching the shower curtain while in the shower. It's it's just weird. It's it's wet, and in my opinion, it's nasty. But even if you even if you don't, uh, you know, if you if you never touch it, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not getting dirty, you know? So if you look at the bottom of the shower curtain, especially the liner, it's gonna be dirty and you know, slightly discolored. And, and that's because when, uh, you know, when water fills up in the, in the bottom of your shower, the liner soaks it up. You know, that, that's basically it. it. It's the water builds up or pulls up in, in your tub and, and the shower acts almost like a sponge. You know, and this leads to mold growing on your shower curtain or at a minimum, like, a, you know, a little discoloration from the minerals in the tap water. So to clean your shower curtain and liner, you can either throw them in the washing machine or soak them overnight in water mixed with a scoop of like, you know, OxyClean or something like that. Another cool little hack that works great with uh, plastic shower curtains. You know, you take the you take the shower curtain down, obviously, wet wet a portion of your walls, and uh, and press the shower curtain against the wall. You know, it should easily stick on on the flat wet surface. So uh, you know, so you can spread it out, and you can use your um, your favorite cleaner and um, just scrub away the mildew. You know, give that a shot. <laughs> the key to all of this cleaning is to stay ahead of it all really make sure you spend the time to clean up your bathroom because a dirty bathroom can actually lead to other uh minor health issues you know and that and that's pretty much it you know and so now on to our second segment with mighty man so in this uh installment of mighty man we're talking about How to use the eight dimensions of wellness to set up healthy boundaries. So let's face it, you guys. I'm sure any any one of you can give me a thousand and one reasons why you feel that 2020, you know, the year 2020 has been a rough year uh, for your mental health. It's taken our eight dimensions of wellness and it's compromised them and then it flipped them upside down, basically. And if you're wondering what they are, you know, the eight dimensions. They include uh, physical health, you know, your physical health, your emotional health, social health, intellectual health, spiritual health, financial health, occupational health, and environmental health and they all you know they all effectively overlap with each other and in 2020 these forces have been disturbed in a real dramatic way for many so listen we're multi-dimensional beings we never operate in just one area of that framework so we need to be aware that all of those things are interconnected You know, they work together, they react together, they overlap, you know, one leads to another more or less. So, so for example, you know, there's often a mind body connection when it comes to, you know, physio, like actual physiological health, like someone struggling with depression might not just feel it emotionally, but might also feel a physical fatigue. You know, like, like weakness or just tired, just overall fatigue. Actually, there's a phrase in um, in IT, like the IT virtualization world where that says um, uh, everything software related ties back to something hardware related. And that just basically means that when you install or configure uh, you know an operating system or uh you know like windows or ubuntu server each individual virtual component like the virtual cpu and memory it ties back to the physical cpu and memory you know on the server itself and uh <laughs> i know i know probably i'm probably losing you you know so let me apologize for using that uh it analogy it's just uh I know it's boring and dry to some but as I was talking about uh, the example of someone being depressed and and how that could also feel fatigued or drained or something like that it just kind of came to mind so I thought I'd throw it out there just in case uh, you know that, that that's a little piece of my world the whole IT uh, virtualization and all that but anyway this is the same concept when we're talking about the mind-body connection. It's that everything you might feel mentally can and often does manifest physically. And so someone dealing with feelings of anxiety might experience uh, gut health issues or you know, struggle with breathing while they're feeling overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, people, they've often mentioned that when they're dealing with those types of things, um, that it impacts their social self-care. You know, it impacts their intellectual self-care. So, you know, all, all of those things, again, they're, they're all connected. They're all combined. They, they overlap, basically. And all those things require us to have healthy boundaries, like keeping them in check, keeping them um, or, or setting them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that that requires us to have a uh, healthy boundary. And that's why each of the eight dimensions of wellness, um, you know, themselves, they, they it can serve as um, helpful guideposts for setting up effective boundaries, and uh, these boundaries, in turn, they they protect our mental health. You know, so whether it's it's because of uh, you know disastrous year that uh, such as we've had in 2020 or otherwise, you know, we can learn how to use each of the eight dimensions to maintain our sanity. So, so now the question is, okay. <laughs> How do we use the eight dimensions of wellness to set up healthy boundaries? And that's a great question, you know, and and that's what, you know, that's what we're here to talk about, you know, or to discuss. So let's start with the first and uh, what what most consider the most important, physical. And now a physical boundary um, basically refers to anything that protects the physical body. You know, it's pretty straightforward. Actually, most of these are straightforward once you think about it. um, So... For example, with the, the current pandemic, then, uh, you know, this this manifests mostly in, uh, you know, your preferred method of social distancing. You know, so a physical boundary could be your, um, you know, train of thought saying, um, you know, I don't want to give anyone a hug during the pandemic or, you know, I don't want to shake hands with anyone during the pandemic, you know, all the way up to, um, you know, uh, I don't want it to be touched at all. Well, I don't want anyone around me with, you know, without their mask uh, during the pandemic. So, you know, physical boundaries also set a precedence of how comfortable I am with you in my world, you know, kind of sets that precedence, like how comfortable are you with someone uh, being that close to you, you know, so obviously you probably wouldn't stand as close to your boss as you would your significant other, you feel me? And sometimes just keeping people at a certain distance physically from you is all you need to set or maintain the other seven dimensions. Uh, And speaking of the other seven, let's move on to the second, the social boundary. It might be easier to respect social boundaries right now because, well, (laughs) we're living through a pandemic and we're all pretty much laying low, but you can also conceptualize this boundary in terms of, you know, setting up fences with respect to technical technological connections. So social boundaries could be you putting your phone on do not disturb mode during working hours, let's say, because, you know, texting can and will distract you and throw you off track, you know, or it could look something like, you know, not picking up a spontaneous FaceTime or other video chat because dang it, <laughs> I'm an introvert, and so you best be setting up a FaceTime invite on my Google Calendar before calling me. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the whole social um, boundary, that that's pretty pretty easy to set up and enforce, you know. The third thing is your emotional boundary. Now, setting up uh, an emotional boundaries can mean deciding what you share versus what not to share, you know, with others. It's, It's also about recognizing when you're responsible for your feelings and also recognizing that other people are responsible for their feelings. So it basically involves knowing the difference between being someone's friend. Versus you know being their therapist. Um, so if you're struggling with something, you have to ask yourself, how can I take responsibility over this feeling and, and do the work that I need to combat it? you know? Like I can support you and I can be empathetic to your needs, but you're you know you' uh, you're still ultimately responsible over yourself, you know, to do the work that you need to manage your emotional <laughs> wellness. And so setting up those emotional boundaries will allow you to not become a therapist to others and maintain your own sanity at the same time. Win-win. So the fourth, the fourth thing on the list is, um, you know, the spiritual or the spiritual boundaries. This one's pretty simple, actually. Like I said, uh, you know, most of these are self-explanatory but this one this one is actually self-explanatory and simple you know and and it and it basically comes down to the the plain old uh R E S P E C T respect so using um the, the spiritual dimension of wellness as a boundary simply means respecting other people's belief systems you know it's it's again it's pretty straightforward um so as a, as a personal example uh, a spiritual boundary I have with uh, my parents is attending church, obviously, during non-pandemic times, of course, Um, you know, attending for a select few holidays and opting out for daily or weekly sermons since my closest spiritual beliefs are more about, um, you know, science than organized religion. Now, I can, I can respect other people's religious beliefs, but at the end of the day, they're not my beliefs, so I don't necessarily follow any of them. Mind you that I believe in God or, you know, a higher being or the universe or whatever you refer to it as. You know, I believe there are good and bad energies out there and forces, you know, different forces at work. I just don't follow any specific religion uh, religiously, (laughs) for lack of better terms. So I don't get into arguments or discussions about religion unless I know that the other person is just as respectful and open-minded about my views and my standpoint as I am of theirs. It's just not gonna happen, you know, shit. I don't even talk much religion with my wife or my, you know, my family or anything like that, to be honest, you know? So yeah, <laughs> keep your sanity and set those spiritual boundaries from the get-go. The fifth is the intellectual so this one's another, uh, you know, respecting, you know, so intellectual boundaries have to do mainly with um, respecting people's innate curiosity and areas of interest of um, or, or expertise, you know, so like. Uh, for instance, um, th- think about how you'd feel if you, let's say, uh, you worked really hard to earn a, a doctorate of education and someone had the audacity or the cojones to say, you know, you shouldn't use your title of doctor. You know, setting up a boundary in this case might mean simply reasserting that, you know, the degree and title of doctor was, you know, fairly earned and that. You know, you won't listen to that kind of BS. You know, you're not having it. Basically, asserting yourself. You asserting yourself and them having respect of, you know, your interests, your curiosities, and your expertise. So the sixth thing is the financial simply put you know financial boundaries refer to your relationship with money for instance during pre-pandemic times it might have meant uh, opting out for of uh, expensive outings where when there were uh, you know when there's bills at home that need to be paid you know but currently or because of the pandemic i should say it might mean recognizing that you're leaning too hard on retail therapy is as, as, as i call it uh, when you when you can't afford to do so right now, and maybe taking the actionable steps to change that. So if you find yourself uh, overspending because it cheers you up, or you know you feel you need to make uh, you know more money or whatever, just remember you are responsible for yourself and your actions. So by all means, if you want it, if you want or need to treat yourself to something, do it, but do it responsibly. You know what I mean. And if if need be, find ways to make more income, more money. But until then, you have to learn how to live within your financial means, a.k.a. your budget. And, uh, you know, gather the resources that can help you meet whatever financial issues and obligations you have. And it's really that that simple. Just live within your means. Don't be stretching um, and reaching further than what it is that you can afford. So the seventh item here is the occupational boundary so an occupational boundary is really straightforward to understand um, it refers to your career, obviously, and when it is that you decide you're on versus off the clock, you know? So basically, you can think of it as what people call a work-life balance, where they equally prioritize the demands of their career and the demands of their personal life. You know, it's a reflection of trying to balance work and leisure, and this can show up in your life in so many ways, you know, so many different ways depending on your job. Like, you know, if you're working from home, as I am currently, it could be you deciding to log off at 6 p.m. on the dot. You know, not a minute later, not a minute sooner. If you're if you're a nurse at an ER, you know, <laughs> at a hospital, it can be you not entertaining random COVID nineteen questions from Facebook friends after you've had you know a long and hard shift. If you if you do marketing, you know, and a friend asks you for some help with building out an email marketing funnel, it could be you asserting yourself by saying something like, "Of course, buddy. <laughs> you know, my rates are X Y Z dollars per project." If that's cool with you, why, why don't you? Why don't we schedule a time where I can grab some of my planning tools so we can hash out the details and get that up and running for you ASAP. You know, you just want to assert yourself and let them know that you can't. You know that that they can't take advantage of you just because they know you. Now I've done this plenty of times in the past, and when it comes time to pay, you know, depending on the person, I may give them you know a discount or or just not accept their payment. You know, <laughs> but the goal here is to set those boundaries between your personal and professional lives and i speak from experience you know so trust me when i say that that you most certainly do not want those two worlds to bleed over on each other you don't want them to overlap it's it's not good in any way and it's it's bad business in my opinion so you know don't do it it's not worth it as they say it's it's come around and bit me in the ass way too many times in the past you know so again like i said from experience just you know set that boundary and don't let it go there so anyway the eighth thing on the um the eighth and final actually uh is the environmental so again, finally we're at the last boundary and and this one is is just as important as all the others because as i mentioned earlier uh they all live (laughs) <laughs> in harmony you know what i mean so if you were you know thinking whether or not environmental boundaries refer to your environment what well, <laughs> then you thought right when we talk about environmental boundaries this could refer to the world at large like on a global scale um, or can even you know it can be on a smaller scale within your own personal world setting up uh, you know setting up an, an environmental boundary could be something as simple as asking your roommate to not leave their dirty dishes on the coffee table or even just asking your partner to knock on the door before entering a room you know it's all about cultivating your own safe space in fact that That's what all of these boundaries are all about. They're all about setting up your own personal safe space, if you will, you know, physically and mentally, especially in these uh, pandemic times. There's so much going on with COVID and other political stuff. Um, You know, you really need to keep grounded. Keep your, you really need to keep your head on straight and create that safe zone for yourself so you can easily get through these challenging times. You know, and that's basically it so that's it you guys that's my show for today I hope you found some valuable information here and if nothing else I hope I entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring a little manly sunshine to your day thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to me very much appreciate it on next week's episode, we'll be going over the question, is red meat really bad for you or not? So if you're like most, you definitely don't want to miss out on that. But if you'd like to continue the conversation with me, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders Community. Why share even more raw behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger, Each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts, AKA iTunes, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, and leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out there and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Until the next chat, take care now. Bye.